This podcast is brought to you by our presenting sponsor, Black Acres Roastery. Black Acres Roastery is an artisan coffee roaster located in the Highlandtown District of Baltimore. Every roast, they strive to bring out the best qualities in unique coffees from around the world. They ethically source beans and curate roasting profiles that provide each cup of coffee a story. My favorite is Midnight Train, a dark roast with notes of cocoa nibs, grand cracker, and stone fruit. Delicious. Also, check out their cold brew. Temperatures are changing, so cold brew is going to be in effect. So stay woke and check out their website, www.blackacrescoffee.com. Tell them Rob Lee sent you. Welcome to Getting to the Truth in His Art. I am your host, the incomparable Rob Lee. I've added a new superlative to myself. Uh, my next guest is musician, educator, and entrepreneur. We have Ray the Conjurer. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. That was a I lot of energy. <laughs> Finally, someone matched my weird opening energy. Thank you. I had coffee just just for that. I had rum and I'm drinking black tea right now. What the fuck? Where did you? I'm sorry. Am I allowed to curse? You're fine. You're fine. Okay, I should have asked that before. We're You're all good. Okay. Cool, but yeah, I haven't had rum in so long. I got some local rum. Um, I'll put you on. I'll, I'll I'll send you some credentials a little later so you know where to get it. It's delicious. We're West Indian, or half of them are, but I, I connect to that side more, so I don't I don't play with rum. Uh, I'm fake that. Dominican. Um, I'm I'm just I'm just a standard black. I'm standard <laughs> black, and but when people say, "Yeah, you got something else going on," I say, "I don't, I don't know. It's fine. <laughs> it's you know, it's what it is." So. As we get into it, um, let's let's talk about let's talk about your work. And I, I really gave the most thousand. I may have gave a 30,000 foot view of what your work is about and what you're doing. But I like to invite the guests to really talk about what they do and describe their work and their practice. So if you will hit up the uninitiated with what you do. OK, so I am a musician, first and foremost, um, I'll pro- I should probably just say an artist because I don't like to limit myself to mediums. Um, I voice is my first medium. I started singing since you know I was a wee one, and I wouldn't shut up. So they put me in stuff, and church kind of is where stuff started for me. Not like I didn't really have a gospely voice. I just liked it. Mm-hmm. But honestly, like I'll just say regarding like creating. I wasn't like, I didn't wake up one day and was like, you know, I want to be a composer. It was kind of like there were ideas in my head and I was very frustrated and I didn't, I was like, these are songs. I know they're songs. I don't know how to make a freaking song. So we're going to figure this out. So we started singing and then that turned into, you know, voice lessons and my parents were really supportive. I grew up 20 minutes down the road. And I taught in the city, so I don't say I'm from here because the first child that I encountered was like, where are you from? You're not from here. And I was like, you're very right. I'm (laughs) 20 minutes down the road. They're like, but not here. I'm like, exactly not here. (laughs) We we do that here. We do that. (laughs) It's great. I'm like, I love that. I'm like, clock the shit out of me because no, I like I, I grew up for my first 10 years were in PG Laurel. Mm-hmm. Second 10 years were in Howard County. So that was weird in of, of itself. That was a weird transition. But um, yeah, I came to Baltimore for um, college at Coppin State. And really the first two years of like my college experience were at Howard University. Mm-hmm. Um, I learned most of the stuff surrounding music and composition there. Sure. Um, 
a lot of my teachers in high school were kind of like, it was very strange because they were like, you know, it's a little too late for you to be wanting to learn this. I'm like, it is really? And I was like, <laughs> I was 17. Turns out they were just racist. But like, I was like, <laughs> sorry, I was 17 and I was like, oh my gosh, you know, it's too late for me to get into music school. So for like the academic side, it was, but like yeah. for me as a person, like you, your brain stops developing when you're 25. So I'm like, I'm okay. Like I'm good. So I went to, yeah, Howard and they, they threw a piano in my face and they're like, we'll fail you if you don't learn it. I'm like, true. So I learned it. Um, that started in 2016 and then I started like writing shortly after that and it kind of felt like just the sky opened up and there was just like, Oh, now I have a place for these songs. And like, they were bad for a minute and then they weren't bad after like a lot more work (laughs) and like, um, really this project I'm working on or I'm putting out, I've been writing these songs for five years I'm 24 or 23. I'm about to be 24 in a month. Um, my parents are like counting down the health insurance. So I'm like, ah, yeah, I'm <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. Um, but yeah, I'm 23 and this is like, for me, it's kind of been, my art is a reflection of my life. Like very, very, like everything, each of these songs is like a child. <laughs> and I've like, you know, I've rearranged them several different times. It's kind of been, something that's like you know i was performing in dc i've like tested out some stuff some places but like a lot of these are just very near and dear experiences to me and i'm not good at faking anything so like or lying um like i said the ideas were there before so forcing stuff was it's not a thing i can't just be like i want to write a song today so let's write that like cam but i'm like it's those aren't the things the songs that i've like created and like am really putting time into um they're not really uh they are kind of it's kind of a spiritual process and so i go by ray the conjurer because like like i said i don't want to be limited to a medium um and i won't be (laughs) and what i'm going to do what the hell i want to do if i put my mind to it (laughs) like so i've had one too many people tell me like well no and i'm like well fuck you because Mm -hmm. i'm gonna do it well i need to so I, I admire like that trait of not putting yourself in this spot where it's just like, oh, I, I do this. I've spoken to people where you, you kind of see that they're more the nascent stage of looking at their practice and they're looking at it as, oh, I, I just do this or what have you. And even if it's pure, even if it's it, it appears to be mostly music, it's like do you have any input on what your visuals are? Do you have any input on the branding that you're putting out there? It's like, don't sell yourself short. Like I, I do that all the time when you look at like a job and you're, you're putting out a, a resume or something. It's like, what do you do? It's like, I do like two things. It's like, Oh, I do a lot of things, but the main things are the, these two. And I think people have to really check in and do an inventory and just be as thorough about it and know that they're, they're not being limited. And I think, especially when you're, early in it and you know and you've you got some you got some years in doing it but when you're earlier in it and i'm still thinking i'm relatively early in it because it's like this is this is part of one's life it's not just oh this is the stage that i'm doing this it's like if you just say your creative practice is this thing it's like no my creative practice is ever growing and ever developing so if you even 20 years in, it's like i'm still learning i'm still in it for a short period of time and it's like I'm going to stop doing whatever I'm doing creatively. And I think a lot of uh, creative I've spoken, creatives I've spoken to, they'll say, oh, I'm, I'm going to do this until I'm 80. And it's like, oh, yeah, you, you're, you're early in the game. <laughs> right. 
So, so please. I don't know. I was just going to say real life. Sometimes it's like what you said about that whole thing of like not giving yourself credit. And like sometimes the person play, like, although I'm like, you know, there were some obstacles. I'm like, I think in a lot of that, I was the person playing myself because I was like, no, I shouldn't. I'm listening. Like I listened. I like give it. I, I listened for a good five or six years and just did not dig into where I should have and could have been digging into. But you know, like, so that's my one thing. So the the your 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 work is is very personal and it's very tied and attached to you so from your vantage point how how do you marry that that notion of something that's very you know here in the heart uh to that responsibility that is there as an artist to the communities or what have you because we're all in some way shape or form serving the community like i think this podcast is to serve arts and entrepreneur but as an umbrella baltimore that's what i try to aim it for so in that what are your thoughts on the the responsibility of an artist serving a community and how do you marry that with doing something that for you is very personal yeah so to me like i don't necessarily like well i mean i know you could divide the two like in theory but like really when you get to the practicum of it Mm -hmm. like one needs the other like i couldn't have said any of the things I said if I had no people around to live life with and the people I had living life with, you know, like some folks, you know, I've moved on from certain communities, but like in Baltimore, I really have found a home for me. Like I like to say that this is like really the city that taught me how to dance again, because I will just like dead ass. Like, okay. So I started for Coppin state. Like I started on a, um, I, I came there my first semester and I was working with, um, Mama Rashida of Woolworks on for colored girls. And like, I was just taking pictures in the back and they were like, you know, it's a scholarship. You can do marketing. I'm like, cool, great. Cause I was like, that was going to be what I was going to do. Um, so it was like, you know, the first time that cast and crew, like they took me to graffiti alley and like for an hour, like they were like, let's go to the crown. But for an hour before that, we were just like fucking it up in the parking lot. <laughs> and it was like amazing. And I felt like really embraced and I know like for me that kind of like that moment that experience really just like 2018 I guess the beginning of 2018 really I just kind of started letting myself say the things that I hadn't been saying Mm -hmm. and that took for me like a supportive community that took friends that were like family and honestly it took those like Baltimore really was the first place I came out to um I wasn't out in D.C. That was a huge thing. I was like, I didn't really feel comfortable being out at Howard University in the in the music department. It was a little conservative. And it was, you know, I was surprised, but I was like, you know what? That seems like a lot to juggle with all of this stuff happening right now. So like Baltimore was really the first city and especially like, you know, community environment that was like, girl, (laughs) I was like, okay, cool, great. And it was just like you know, I saw, and also like teaching and stuff. Like for me, I was a music teacher. So like community, it was like always, there was always an element of connecting with other folks, especially just like my time living here and existing and working with people. It's just kind of been like, and kind of like naturally because of who I am, like my identity, I can't like, I'm not going to not say I'm who I am, who the fuck I am. Cause I'm that person and it kind of comes with the territory of being a black queer person. It's like, you're inevitably political, 
cool. So like, I'm like, I didn't sign up, but all right, whatever. Cool. And sometimes it's just like talking about your art and your experience in and of itself is like that sometimes can be teaching. Cause I was like, I'm not teaching anymore. That's false. Mm-hmm. The teaching was the art itself and the community aspect in it was just like seeing people like my team right now working on, well, my visual EP, we're all black and queer. And that wasn't like, it was kind of an accident, but also kind of like, you know, like the folks. Yeah. Intentional, but, but also it was just like, I looked up and I was like, Oh shit, we all, okay, great. Great. Guess this is political now. Ooh. But like, you know, like I think for me, my art wouldn't exist without community because it's just like the backbone to all of this. And the reason I think I kept making this was because I'm like, there is something that needs to be shared. That's not really being said right now. Um, a lot of my art focuses on healing and having space to get to the nitty gritty and express stuff um, that needs to be expressed. I find that a lot of the times I have trouble finding music that reflects the healing process. Um, and kind of focuses more on the results or like the, the beginning or the end, but not mm-hmm. the middle and the middle is messy and it's essential. And I kind of always wish I had someone to tell me like, Hey, no, this is perfectly normal. And now, you know, yeah. people are talking about it more and it's like really cool, but like, yeah, I kind of want to do that in a way that it's not like cheesy, mm-hmm. but also it kind of naturally comes up because it's like, we had to do something to like honestly there was a lot of stuff that happened it's like you had to do something to make this survivable <laughs> so like totally. here we go yeah so i i always some, sometimes i i'm wordier than than i intend to be and sometimes i'm very freaking brief and when and someone asks me, it just, it just comes off like, like the rip, like, so what's the purpose? What are you around? And I used to always have trouble with it. Right. And because I'm overthinking it and that's what I do. I'm a chronic overthinker and I, and almost emboldened. I would just say, I, I owe you the truth. That's it. Ugly, bad, whatever. I owe you the truth. And I try not to feel douchey and egoic about it, but it's just like, no, that's what I owe you. What have you? And I try to do it at that moment and at that time and, and as the, in the most authentic way of, of doing it. And I don't know music. I don't know visual art. I know podcasts and that's my way of trying to do it. And I think a lot of artists and a lot of creatives do that, that same kind of thing. It's just like, well, like people I've had on that might get, as you described earlier, political in their work and how they present these things. It's like, well, I'm fucking pissed off about this racial bullshit that's happening. And this is what I'm doing right now. And it's like, well, this is what you owe to the community as a person that's in it. You're presenting your, your truth at that moment and in its rawest form. And people that come by, I'll go and I'll see their work. And it's like, yeah, I feel you, brother. Or yeah, sis. <laughs> like, let's get it. <laughs> like people and sometimes like personally I'll just say like even I forget like these and like my community honestly my community helped me see this like really up close because it's like these identities are not just identities these are real everyday things and I think that's where that disconnect happens between folks sharing experiences it's like you know we get caught up in like oh this is like you know you're co- all right cool these are words that we like and make us look diverse etc i also work in nonprofits, so bear with me because this is where this narrative is coming oh from. i've had some experience there oh 
oh lord uh-huh. we have Mark more Fox. things to talk about i think <laughs> well, yeah, so, so actually, um yeah that whole thing of like no these identities are like real and every day and sometimes like it's stressful like i i'm um i I call myself gender transcendent because I'm looking, but I do identify with the trans community. However, like I I identify myself as a trans person. However, I feel like transgender in and of itself gives too much homage to the binary. And I'm like, the binary is stupid. We should just eliminate it. So we need something that ignores the binary. So I'm like, we, whatever council of of queers that's around, we need to talk and change it. Cause I'm like, of queers. I'm sorry. I just see like a table and like people putting out candles and stuff. Yo, that's so fire. And, shit. Like, like, and we're know. done. Yes, literally. Um, I'm, I'm gonna real. I was gonna say led by a little Nas on the pole dance to hell, but like that was fucking iconic. And I'm mad they took it off um, Spotify. But um, what was I saying? It was something actually like that I cared about that was like not important, but like like that I meant to say. Hold the on. identities? Shit, yeah. Um, identities. Uh, and just kind of seeing that like, no, sometimes like, you know, trans, like just help. Like for me, it starts with healthcare. <laughs> it's like just like my little sister is a trans woman and like for a black trans woman and like, you know, has... Like she has schizophrenia and it was just like for just the amount of bullshit, (laughs) like just like, no, she's like 19 going on 20. Like, and this started when she was like 16 or 17. Like, no, no child, no teenager should have to be that stressed that young. And then like same with my peers and stuff. It's like. Y'all don't understand. Like, you know, it's like everybody's like, oh, ballroom. It's like, bitch. And did you watch the rest of the show? Did you watch the rest of Pose? Because if you watch the rest of Pose, you don't understand. And like, talk to someone who actually is trans. You'd see. It's like, you know, people, well, I mean, fuck, COVID. Um, But it's not, you know, I can't even say it's not as because I can't say that. I can't because I feel like those, that experience is still very heavily in existence. I feel mm-hmm. like folks like to wash over that, but it's like well, shit hasn't gotten that much better. It's 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 a needle that moves just enough, and then there it's like what degree of tokenism is attached to it? That's and like I observe, I try to observe these things and I always come in with a, a I come in with a degree of side eye to most things. I was like, hmm, why are you doing that again? It's like, oh, it's it's oh, it's the right thing to do now. Oh, that's something. And it's just like, can we, you know, like it, 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 I, like kind of what you you were touching on. It's like I, I always go to like healthcare with it or what have you. That's always like the first thing. It's like let's start off there, and then you do your press clippings and your your freaking like reports or what have you. Do your marketing from there. But let's start off with just making sure that people feel like people and they get what they need that's where we're at take your photo ops around the black trans lives matter and all of that stuff cool but really in a substantive way what are you doing right right and that's to me you know and that's kind of what's been fueling me as an entrepreneur and like Mm -hmm. being very up close and personal with nonprofit. it's just like you know um that's what i got my degree from coppin in in 2020 last year in the fall ha i just graduated I think I missed the deadline for my graduation though to show up. So huh, I, 
Yeah, they didn't really tell us. It was, I didn't get an email or they did tell us and I'm locked out of my email. You could probably edit this out, I'm sorry. Um, But basically, (laughs) um, like essentially, uh, like I got my degree in nonprofit stuff um, and arts management and like, I kind of been doing internships and stuff like all through college, like since 2015. Mm -hmm. And like, it's been, it's been a ride. It's like very interesting seeing how things have shifted and looking at people's motives and then looking at the budgets behind the motives. Mm -hmm. And it's to me um, right now, something that I'm trying to combat is like, you know, Performative activism can be a lot, and it's stressful to watch. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I don't know. It's uh, it seems mm-hmm. to be very much the the wave now. It's like <laughs> it's, it's, it's like little... don't be fake. That, that's literally my energy. It's just like you want to piss off a bunch of people, do some shit, and then suddenly it's like you know what? That wasn't you. That's not you. You ain't doing that. Yeah, like let's put people's names on things. Let's. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, credit the black folks who worked on things. I mean, uh, I'll put it this way, and, and, and then we'll we'll shift because we got we got to talk about some other things real quick. Um, not not to cut that short, but we we do have to hit those other things because you know we got we got cool things coming up soon. Um, so today is the anniversary of, of of something, and you know it's that well not even anniversary because that means it seems like it's positive or what have you. But this is the six year date to when uh, Freddie Ray was murdered or what have you, and it's kind of one of those things of huh, I remember, you know, just being aware of this bullshit floating around. It's like, oh yeah, we're making sure that Baltimore is set up. It's like, uh-huh, uh-huh. And then having conversations with my dad, he was like, you know, those same buildings have been abandoned since 68, right? You know, those those are still burned down from 68. And I was like, huh, huh, these big companies that are here that, you know, associated with certain athletes and uh, just realizing you're in Baltimore for all these years. Huh, hmm. See, Spice, Spice always comes. I, I got, you know, I'm going to get canceled eventually. Anyway, um, so, so let's, let's, let's talk about music a little bit. (laughs) Um, So this, this is, this is a question I like to throw around and, um, and, and because you, you're not weary and and washed up like I am, because I wouldn't be able to answer this question at this point, because I don't remember what is in legitimate no mixtapes here legitimately what is the first album you owned and how did you acquire it okay first album that i owned and acquired i will say (sighs) it could be vinyl too yeah but here's the thing they're the albums that i lived in a very sheltered home they're the albums i was given and told that i must listen to (laughs) but also like I'll, i'll say this i'll meet that scenario in the middle um i'll probably say les mis which is weird like the whole full but like the original mm-hmm. like all the like the 2010 london cast specifically um or maybe maybe it wasn't 2010 it had, maybe okay i think i bought the 2010 but i've been watching the whole les mis thing on like online for sure. like years before and i think my parents just got tired of me like watching this online they're like just get her the Frickin' CD, um, get them CD. I don't know. But um, basically, yeah, I really like. I was a musical nerd. It like real heavy, and it probably shows. And you'll probably see it on the thirtieth, definitely. Um, but I'm a theater nerd, and basically, it started like real life. 
actually, I lied. Joseph in the Technicolor Dreamcoat was the first, and then Les Mis was the second. I uh-huh. loved Andrew Lloyd Webber. Like, like I was like, wow, look, bars! And then, like, because I couldn't listen to hip-hop. I, like, wasn't allowed. Um, there are questions there, but we'll not... That's another story for another day. Um, <laughs> essentially, I was like, okay, this is cool, and I liked the lyricism of it. Sure. And I liked... Well, I guess I, I liked the production and everything. I liked like the whole thing. I was like, wow, how did they, this is so weird. They're the, the costumes are so specific, like details. I really oh. like details. Yeah. So all the details and everything. And like looking back at that movie, I'm like, oh my God, there's so many problems with this. And like, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, y'all, do y'all remember when we didn't know what racism was? Like you're just like enjoying shit. And now you look at it, it's like, God damn. Wow. What I the mean- f- here, here's the thing like i can't because of that i can't look at certain movies now because like i was born in 1985 so it's just like you know that was a year and uh it's just like yo let's watch back to the future it's like yeah, I, little, I saw this on a big screen i don't remember this near sexual assault here i don't remember that or yeah I haven't watched it in a while either, but like yeah, at the uh, at the dance or what have you, they're dragging his mom in the car, and it was like, yeah, what are these spades doing over here? I was like, it's racist and this. I was like, yo, and then you had the whole Johnny B. Good thing, and I was like, this whole chunk right here at the nineteen fifties prom, he could be cut out, and I didn't recognize it. I've seen it so many times, but I didn't recognize it just out of the big screen at a revival. And my, my partner looked at me, she was like you didn't know this? I was like, ah, well, <laughs> I'll have to put these uh, blinders on when I watch this next time. <laughs> Hello? It, but it's, uh, it's, it's recognizing that sometimes that um, you, you get these things and you're just like, uh, how do I navigate this? How do I work with this? And it's in pretty much any of the things that we consume from, from a pop culture standpoint. And it's, it's almost this thing of, do we want to, what do we want to enjoy? How do we want to enjoy it? And how invested are we in it? Like, I remember a lot that we would run into, Hey, you know, we're going to, it was pre-canceled, but we're going to put an advisory sticker on this. I was like, I know that guns are violent, but it's not going to stop me from watching RoboCop. I don't have any desire from shoot to shoot someone or whatever. It's like, some people are stupid. Uh, or they are, they're easily, you know, they're easily, uh, not manipulated, but they're easily influenced by, by things that they see or things that they hear, you right. know, and it doesn't really work with like me. And I think a lot of people, but you have someone, you know, the morality police telling you of what's right and what's wrong and what's, this is a little too gay for us. So let's take this off of Spotify, even though we're so open now, which is fake in itself. Yeah. Damn, I'm getting uh, spicier by the moment. I'm, you, see, I, this pre-conversation is all your fault. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Like, I'll own that. I mean, things, the spice tends to follow me. It's not. West it Indies season. <laughs> <laughs> Hello? Mm-hmm. Hello? Um, so, let's see. I got three more questions, and I'll be remiss if we don't talk about the 30, because you touched on it. So we, we have to talk about that as well. Um, cause we got to get that in here. Um, so echoing that same, um, thing about the record, right? The, the, the first album you owned, um, this, this one is going to be a little easier, but it also hard. Cause you're like, you, you've touched on, you said you were a music nerd. Mm-hmm. I don't know if were, were was the word. I think you might be. I mean, musical nerd. Yes. But um, still. 
I have, I probably am, but I just have like that little thing of Broadway and bl- shit, we're back. But like, <laughs> <laughs> like I'm like, mm. like, I think honestly, okay, I'm making a visual EP and I like to laugh about it because I'm like, you know what? I think this is just me doing all the theater kid stuff I never got to do. And that's probably just what the rest of my career is going to be. But it's not like in a revenge way, but like, honestly, I'm like, I need an outlet for all this dramatic that didn't get to come out because they were like, they're not enough part, like, sin, like XYZ doesn't look like you. And I'm like, cool, then Hamilton happened. And I'm like, all right, what but, the fuck ever. You're, you're, <laughs> but I think that's one of the things when you get to a spot and going back to what you were saying earlier of not basically holding yourself to one particular thing. And mm-hmm. I think that's what I try to do. Like I'm a content creator, right? So I had a really sad story of being rejected of doing, I was one of the one to be a comic book artist and that's what I always wanted to do. I was always drawing always. I, w- I was one of those kids that is like, yo, I could get an A on this test because gifted or whatever. And I was just like, I'm gonna half ass this because I want to draw for the rest of this test time. And that's what I would do. So, you know, all of that years of it getting into so much trouble and it came to a point where you're going to someone that can decide whether you're going to go to an art school or whether you're not. And they were like, eh, kind of childish. And that was pretty much it killed it. So now in this space of doing podcasts and trying to do just different content. I've been writing a comic and I've done, a, I've hired an artist and I have a web comic that exists. So it's like my backdoor way of still doing the, the, the content I wanted to do, but mine is a revenge thing. It's like, yeah, what you think? Here's a copy for you teach. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm petty. I'm not going to lie. Like, um, I don't know. Like this is the, the amount of time and effort and like real life that went into this project yeah. and like the folks that it, it was kind of really in alignment like the my director of photography that I worked with for um, my music video dancing and let it be like she's amazing we actually met at a really shitty hairspray production when we were in Howard County yeah. and all the black people because the show was in and of itself, the call, like how they did the calls and stuff, like it was all black people. In one. So it actually was segregated. So we were like, okay, fuck it, cool. So all I these did. black kids from Howard County were like, wow, they're like, like they they went to, um, most of those folks like went to Hebron. I went to Reservoir, so there were more black people by me, but like a lot of us were in GT classes and you know, the, like tracking and all that. And a lot of black kids really weren't in those classes. So I was still even in a school majority black, I was like still somehow the only black person in certain rooms. I'm like, this is messy, but we all like linked and, you know, like Katia, like after like 10 years, like I hit her up and she's like, yeah, I'm down. And like, then now it's like, okay, and we're going to do a movie. Cool. Great. And it's going to be kind of like all bunch of music videos and it's going to be great. And like, you know, Beyonce did it. That was cool. Like she is the blueprint, but like, let's, how much can we, like we don't got that budget, but we can make some shape. So like, let's do it. And we don't need permission. And that's kind of all that shit kind of taught me like fuck permission. I, <laughs> like, I people, agree with it. Yeah. And people taking space that, you know, and sometimes your state, your ideas and things, just the amount of per- liberties folks take in mm-hmm. this world, in this day and age, it's like, bitch, why the fuck not? Get, like, go do it. Just go do it. So I, I mean, it. I just want to have sound bites to just flow over. Who, who won't tell me no? I, I get, I, I, we'll talk more off because I, I, 
Look, so this was the question I was going to ask because we got other stuff. Uh, three songs, real quick. Three songs that pop in your head that are currently in that rotation. Like you, like I played this today. What are three songs? Mine's are very problematic. What ones are popping up in your head though? That it's like I've listened to this today or I listened to this recently. All right. Um, so I know it's like a whole like the little first part is on TikTok all the time, but I listen to the whole song "Yucky Blucky Fruitcake" by um, I Am Dolce. That whole I was like, okay, hold on with the Nikki flow and then the Kendrick switch up. I was like, bitch. I'm like, like, if I'm collaborating with anyone in the next five years, I hope I get to collaborate. Like, if if stuff pops off for real, for real, I'm like, I want to collaborate with her. She seems lit. that was like my whole life in one song and I'm like, I've been read for filth. It's okay. Um, yeah, so her, who, who the fuck else? Who the fuck else? Um, God damn it. I was there. Mareva, um, get free. Okay. That's an awesome song. It's like, don't settle for subpar shit. Woo. But it's gorgeous. And it's, it's a really beautiful song. Um, what's the third one? Or, the third one's always a little dicey. If you're like, I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah, really though. Um, but then they sound like like uh, Terrence Howard when they say it though. So that's a whole okay. other thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, why is it M A Y N E? Yo, um, probably. I'm not gonna lie. Like, probably "Pop It" by Bankroll Freddie and Meg The Stallion has been on repeat like over and over again. That's just dope. I'm sorry. I love Megan. I don't care. She she brings out. I'm like that is who I want to be in the workplace. But I can't just go in and be like Wu Tang. But like like but like at the same time. <laughs> I mean, she's an Aquarius. One. That's that's one thing too. Uh, I've I I, I I talked to um, one of the guests I've had on here. Um, you unique. Uh, one of the guests on here. And Unique was talking about like doing um, interviews for 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 their job, and it's like, yeah, I, I keep my goals in. And I was like, I'm gonna start doing that shit. I'm just gonna start doing like Zoom, like yo, what it is. It's like, like Ron. Wait, Unique. Oh wait, I know. Oh, Unique. Okay, yeah. yeah. It's like Ron. Why do you have your goal? Like, why do you keep showing your teeth? So I'm, oh, our jobs. Yeah, we we <laughs> you know same 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 work spaces. So there you go. Yes. Uh, So let's see. Um, Aside from your work, what creative interest or talent do you have? And usually this is kind of my what useless talent do you have? But I framed it a little bit different this time. Okay, cool. Because I need this one to eat. I like cooking. Cooking is really fun. Yes. I like my mom wasn't a big chef. Um, but I started getting curious about stuff. I didn't do it in the house. So I think like, I think I just started getting tired of the same, like two recipes and I'm like, why this isn't it. So I started exploring and like doing baking and stuff. And then also plants and gardening. I started, yes, it's really fun. I started like taking them with me. Like I took them to the shoot for the 30th for the Boca concert. I took my plants. So those are my plants. And I will claim that because I've, I've cared the, for, for the fuck out of them and I need to repot them because that one's like looking at me like with the side eye because it's, it's roots are popping out, which isn't cute. But, um, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but basically, <laughs> no, but like, yeah, plants. And I started a garden on my patio. I, somehow I found a place with a patio that was affordable. That was like, I don't fucking know how that happened. But I have a garden now nice. because I'm like, I have a patio and I need to make it cute so kind of like just designing 
spaces that make me happy, honestly. It's like the thing that I that I do that that it makes me yeah and maybe maybe like reading stuff and exploring just random places I like just I don't know I like watching people that's fun um so I'm a creep in my spare time and yeah well that's 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 good and it it goes back to the holistic side of things of like I want to say, you know, doing, you go through the whole process, you do therapy because, you know, people, some people do therapy and what the fuck. And I, I would do this thing where I used to have, um, I used to have like just a lot of anxiety around work. Right. And one of my previous jobs, and I remember my therapist was like, bring something from your environment that you're really comfortable with and bring that into that new space and try to bring that energy there. So I kind of took that same philosophy when COVID happened and everyone is at home and it kind of got conflated where my creative space, my, my studio has turned into my office. So it's like competing interests. And it's like, all right, I really need to keep this my studio. And I just happen to work for my day job in my studio versus making it my work office. And then I happen to do my creative practice in here because then it just shifts it and then it sullies it and it corrupts it. And it's like making sure I, I get that right. But it's like being aware of that. But having that space set up, ultimately, what I'm getting at is it's super important and having it set up in a way that I feel happy and I feel good and I can at least put on good content. Oh, my God. Yeah, I've that's been a struggle as of late because you can't see it. But this is my recording mic. Like, it's the same station. It's the same station. There's normally a piano in that corner. It's still in my car, which isn't good. I need to take the piano out of my car but um i (laughs) sorry yeah but that's that's like a real thing and i don't know when i'll be hopefully i'm in that space soon where i can separate things because i'm like nothing's gonna be in my bedroom because fuck no um but like i have microphones in my bedroom and mm -hmm. i'm I'm about all the time i podcast in my sleep just i'm about it not making shit out there It's like, yeah, listen to the the dark tapes podcast after dark. I don't know. Uh, so the last question I have before I give give I always give the guests the opportunity to shamelessly plug. So, you know, that that's coming. But this is the last question that I have. Um, and it kind of kind of ties into it a little bit. I think uh, the, the, the plug question. Um, what does it mean from your vantage point? What does it mean to be an artist with ties to Baltimore? All right. So to be an artist with ties to Baltimore, to me, means it is about first and foremost respect. I'll just say that I and that is of self and of others Um, just from the jump, like like I said, getting here, I kind of realized very, very quickly that a lot of what makes Baltimore Baltimore um, is really deep. And as someone who's been kind of involved in like looking into Baltimore's history and stuff like that through whatever projects I've been in, um, in school and all of that, it's kind of like Baltimore has always been Baltimore. And I feel like as a city, like, I don't know if folks, outside or inside sometimes even. And that's why like, I really got into the history aspect because I wanted to teach this to my kids mm-hmm. um, as I was teaching. Like, no, this city really was the jump off for like so much shit that is not like always, I don't know, I, you know, not 
I don't know where, who's responsible. I don't know. But folks don't, I don't think even really realize how rich this history and culture is. Mm -hmm. And the first thing I realized when I got to Coppin, especially being surrounded by a community of elders, because what I loved was like, it's a community of like all age learners. So I sometimes was sitting in the class with somebody who was like 70 and who just was like, I'm here because I want to show my grandbabies that it's like, you could get a degree. I'm like, go ahead, auntie, yes. But like, (laughs) basically, like, like that was the kind of, for me, uh, being an artist in Baltimore is like respecting, I don't want to say rank because like, that's a very rigid, but kind of understanding like one, why cultural gatekeeping here exists and needs to, because there are some things that honestly are sacred, Mm -hmm. are freaking sacred. And like, just like in the spaces I've been working with elders, I've worked with the amount of work it took to gain that trust. Mm -hmm. Right. Like it, for me being an artist in Baltimore means understanding that a lot of this is about real ass connection, real Mm -hmm. ass making sure that like you are not entitled to shit from anyone like no one has to give you anything and if they do like you should be honored because they probably don't give it to a lot of people so for me like seeing you know when things are passed to me as someone even who's from 20 minutes down the road Mm -hmm. i'm honored i'm like you didn't have to tell me shit but thank you for trusting me with this information probably that like you've worked your whole life to cultivate and protect right because and that's another thing and that's like elders and anybody really Like, I really appreciate the fact that everyone here just like really, you know, sometimes you see folks in lights where it's like, it's not like the thing thing they do. You meet them there. It's like, "Eh, this is like, okay. But like, then you meet them doing their thing Mm -hmm. and that level of passion and dedication, I haven't seen in a lot of places for real, but like just the real ass, like love that Baltimore has for what you know what folks here do personally and like i don't know i've been very embraced by this city but i also know i am from 20 minutes road. but like the one thing don't I've you forget seen, that no right no, honestly, <laughs> but like the one thing i've seen and the one thing i really love is just like really it's honestly like how people light up when they are doing their thing yes it is like one of the like from the kids to the aunt like the grandmas it's like like my whole heart, I'm like, I love it. I'm staying here no matter what happens. It's going to be half the year here, half the year traveling or some shit. Because yeah. like I've grown up in the DMV like my whole life. But honestly, like Baltimore is honestly a space like to be a Baltimore artist means to really respect the city that holds you. Because the city, that that's, that really is what this city does. Like this city was a safe haven for me. This, this city held me when I had nothing else. And like, like it, it put a mirror in front of my face and it was like, remember who the fuck you are. And we did. And like, now I'm like, I, I would not be who I am without the city, honestly. And I will say that for as long as forever, but like, yeah, but like, this is, you know, it's a city that deeply respects itself. Like I I know there are a lot of narratives and stuff, but like everyone I met, like that's, it's, yeah, it's just, it is. That's, that's great. That's that's great. And I think it's a very honest and thoughtful answer. And it's 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 real. It's it's a real thing. Um, so 
in closing i like to give that sh- that chance to shamelessly plug so what do you got coming up what what, what, right. what should we be looking forward to websites and all of that stuff yeah okay. it. for sure um so i have a concert coming up um with baltimore office of promotion in the arts the business of arts and networking series is going to be um, hosting me as a concert uh, for their mini concert for their for their series. It's really cool. They'll have stuff like about finances and like, you know, just like honestly, I went to one and for me, it was like getting your art together, getting yourself together as an artist 101. And it was really cool. And like just the information I got there, like really, I felt really seen and valued. I was like, I'm going to apply to this thing. So it was great. It worked out. Um, and really, I'm super excited. Uh, I'll be performing the two songs I've released from my music video, Dancing and Let It Be. It's going to be real. I'm doing some different versions and, you know, accompanying myself on piano. So that's, whew. Um, so, you know, come through, see that. And then also, I will be um, in the fall debuting my first EP, which will be a visual EP called Seven. Um, and... They are seven songs <laughs> that will be in visual format um, that are essentially depicting um, my life, but also uh, kind of encompassing the kind of what I was talking like the nitty gritty of experiences of, you know, being a black gender transcendent person. But also I'll just say like what I like to do and emphasize in my work, not not in like a people pleasing way. Yeah. But hopefully, if one sits down, they can kind of see themselves in the work. Because, like, I feel like as someone who's, like, who does communications and all that stuff, most of what I've seen and see in miscommunication is just, like, this veil of perception that we have about each other. And I think that sometimes, like, as a theater person and as someone who's reared up in that vein, like, seeing sometimes... Um, I, like I know hearing something is one thing, but I'm like, I want, I want folks to like really understand it. I want you, like, I want it to sink in. Like, I like to ask those questions and I will ask them in this film. I ask them in the concert. Like, yeah. like I want people to connect about surrounding like those experiences that, you know, may be difficult to talk about. And I know they're difficult because it's really taken me a long time and a lot of therapy to be able to <laughs> talk about them in a way that's like uplifting to me. And that like when I've shared has been uplifting to others. So I'm just hoping that that can happen on a big scale. And that's what seven's going to be. Um, that's great. Yeah. So that's- and uh, in terms of where can you find you in case people want to like just pull that down the uh, social media, your IG, uh, the website or uh, BOPA's website, where can you find everything just so they can get it? Yeah, no, for sure. Um, so my Instagram is Ray underscore the underscore conjure. Um, and I have in the link of my bio, the ticket link um, for the BOFA show on the 30th, my latest music video, and also a link to my website, which is raytheconjurerofficial.com. Um, so, you know, stay, stay posted, sign up for, you know, <laughs> so put your email in there and all that good stuff. And uh, yeah, I'd love to hear from folks, to work with folks if y'all want to collab, if you like what you hear in um, yeah, I'm ready to work. So maybe three months out of college out here. <laughs> like, out here. 
so this has been fantastic thank you so much i'll do my sign off and then uh you know stay tuned uh so i'm rob lee for ray DeCondra. thank you again for coming to the podcast um saying that there's art in and around baltimore you just gotta look for it Thank you.